It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, producer Steve. Yeah, terrific Tuesday and... um might be a record setter when it comes to rush hours. <laughs> yes, a beautiful snow out there. And of course, we never complain about the snow because we need the moisture. But you must plan accordingly if you have to be someplace today. Yeah. And at uh, 415, it was, uh, you know, I shouldn't date the show like this, but um, at <laughs> yeah, 415, it was rather dicey. Dicey, yeah. yeah. No other word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, plan accordingly. That is the, uh, that is the, what needs to be done there. That voice that you hear is producer Steve. And, and I can, did I say thank you to all you guys? I didn't mark that I did that. But uh, thank you to Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, everybody here at Crawford Broadcasting. And uh, you're going to be taking a little bit of time off. Uh, tomorrow is a little iffy because you have jury duty, right? Yeah, their timing. Uh, thank you, Douglas County. Your timing couldn't be better. <laughs> I never, ever hear anybody say, hey, I'm so excited I have jury duty. But it is a civic duty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then you are going to be doing something very special throughout the month of December, Producer Steve. And sh- share that with everybody. I have been for several years now a volunteer at the Colorado Railroad Museum. Uh, in November and December, we do our version of Polar Express. And uh, that involves a steam locomotive and uh, several, you know, passenger cars and yada yada. If you know the the uh, Polar Express story, mm-hmm, I do. And I'd like to, uh, you know, I went to a, a class earlier this year for firing the locomotive, and I'm hoping to get some time up there because we're we're going to be doing this a seven, lot seven days a week up through the 23rd of December and. You know, our vol- our volunteer pool is deep, but I'm not sure it's that deep. <laughs> well, I guess you're going to find out. Yes. But uh, I, as we talked about it yesterday, I looked at and it is sold out. So if people are interested, they can get on the waiting list. And that, uh, do you have that website right off the top of your head? Uh, Colorado Railroad Museum dot org. Okay. And so Luke, uh, producer Luke's going to step in, and um, we're going to be doing some special things then next week as well. So stay tuned to all of this. Uh, check out. Yes, did you? I'm just to say you're you're in luck there. Luke is not a kid, but I would say this kid is good, and you're going to get. You know, you're going to get attached to him, and you might not want me back. <laughs> I probably will get attached to him, but I probably will want you back, too. So, hey, uh, I'm very excited. Today is Liberty Toastmasters Day, and um, on the line with us is Dave Walden. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North, and we'll be talking with our colleagues in the third and fourth segment. But, Dave Walden, it is great to have you here. It's great to be here on this wonderful snowy morning. Good morning to you and Steve. Well, it's great to have you and uh, very excited about what we'll be talking with our our colleagues about in just a moment. But um, check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. 
You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their property, their freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or lives via force. And force can be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda, or 87,000 IRS agents. Uh, and so, again, um, ultimately, socialism comes down to force, and uh, we, we kind of like freedom. What's your thoughts on all of this, Dave Walden, on uh, freedom versus force? Oh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, now in my 79th year, I have witnessed uh, radical changes occurring in this country, uh, and it's, it's sad in, in many ways. Uh, you know, freedom, the concept of freedom, it's a political concept, but, it, but it's derived from the moral concept that each of us is responsible for how we choose to live our lives, what we choose to do with them how we choose to interact with others. And as long as we respect everyone, and I mean everyone's right, uh, to live their lives as they see fit, the result is freedom, political freedom. And, and when you begin to intercede in that because you think you have a better way than the way that individuals might choose to live their lives, and you wish to impose it on them, uh, well, that's what happened. That's what has happened to the uh, to our country. Uh, we were founded on the idea of the individual being quote sovereign unquote, and we have for 250 years been slowly eroding that right, that freedom, that that concept, that moral obligation to live your life as you see fit. Um, and now we're where we're at, and it's it's sad, but we must continue to fight. And I. I shall try to do that, and we try to do that at Toastmaster. Uh, we have interesting meetings where freedom is always on the on the docket, and we uh, have many, many good speakers that that talk about various aspects. Of it. So, come to Toastmasters. We welcome you. Well, absolutely. And this um, and how Toastmasters works, you can go to the um, Toastmasters International website and put in Liberty Toastmasters, and you can find our meeting times. This. Uh, Saturday at 10 o'clock at the Independence Institute is Liberty Toastmasters Denver, and they meet on the first and third Saturdays of each month, and then the second and fourth Saturdays of each month is Liberty Toastmasters North, which you're the president of, Dave Walden. Yes, yes. been one for a number of years, or not president, but I've been a member, and I came to Toastmasters as kind of a, a reluctant, uh, uh, nervous speaker and when I'm ever in front of a group. And, of course, now that confidence has built because it's been built in an arena where it's uh, always productive and helpful. The criticisms, if any, and the suggestions, which are many, um, you learn and you gain your confidence to where speaking in front of a group is no longer a big deal. It's an opportunity, just like this morning is for uh, me and my fellow Toastmasters. And I really think, Dave, that it helps each of us work to become a, a better, I, I, I'm changing the, um, the uh, tag promo a bit, to help you be your, better, your best you. you know, and I think that that's a lifelong journey for each of us to, to work to become the very best that we can be, Dave. doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes, but that should be our journey, don't you think? 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. And that's what's great about Toastmasters. You get up in front of a group, whether it's a speaker or you're an evaluator or you're a Toastmaster in charge of the meeting, uh, and you, you reflect what is important to you, how to do what it is you're trying to do, what subjects interest you when you speak. Um, and, and it's a great, great venue for developing that confidence and skill that you can then apply to whatever else it is uh, that you're doing that's the best of you. Mm-hmm. To- totally agree. So, hey, Dave Walden, next thing I want to do is um, go to our quote of the day. Yesterday, Brad uh, Beck was in studio. He has an essay that we're going to be um, uh, rolling out in the newsletter this weekend. And it is, what are you certain of? And he mentioned Grover Cleveland. And I, I don't think I've ever quoted Grover Cleveland on the show. And I thought, I'm, what does he have to say? And so Grover Cleveland was an American lawyer and politician. He served as the 22nd and 24th president of the United States from 1885 to 1889 and from 1893 to 1897. He is the only president in American history to serve two non-consecutive terms in office. He was born in 1837. He died in 1908. And he said this. He said, I know there is a supreme being who rules the affairs of men and whose goodness and mercy have always followed the American people. And I know he will not turn from us now if we humbly and reverently seek his powerful aid. And Dave Walden, I, I thought with all that's going on in America, there's, I guess there's nothing new. Each generation, it's deja vu because it looks to me like he was looking at many of the same probably challenges and concerns that we have in America today. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Well, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> and that's because human nature is timeless. And, and the great attribute of our founding is that for the first time, at least my reading of history, for the first time in history, a political institution, a government, uh, to, to preside over a geographical area, was created that was consistent with human nature, consistent with that responsibility and right of each of us to live our lives as we see fit. And our founding tried to codify that. Um, and, you know, I have another, uh, not a president, but a candidate for president that was soundly defeated in 64. I don't know if you have time for this quote this morning or not, Tim. It'll take about a minute. Yeah, no, go ahead. It, it, well, this was Barry Goldwater in 1963. And what I would ask your audience to do is contrast this to what has happened to Republican conservatism, conservatism since. Quote, I have little interest in streamlining government or in making it more efficient, for I mean to reduce its size. I do not undertake to promote welfare, for I propose to extend freedom. My aim is not to pass laws, but to repeal them. It is not to inaugurate new programs, but to cancel old ones that do violence to the Constitution, or that have failed their purpose, or that impose on the people an unwarranted financial burden. I will not attempt to discover whether legislation is needed before I have first determined whether it is constitutionally permissible. And if I should later be attacked for neglecting my constituents' interests, I shall reply that I was informed that their main interest 
is liberty, and that in that cause, I'm doing the very best I can. Well, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to go to just one quick uh, headline that Patty has on the on the headlines before we um, we're going to talk with Cindy David here in the second segment. She's um, a concerned citizen about uh, an ordinance that is being considered up in Broomfield. And it is really, uh, 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 well, we'll get more information, but it looks like it is uh, an attack on people being able to, some people being able to uh, protect themselves and their families. And so we're going to talk about that. But uh, when I was on city council 2012 to 2016, our our building um, code uh, division would come forward after the big building code meetings. There was some big conference uh, with uh, updates to the building code. And as I looked at it, I realized that a lot of these codes would make uh, building homes more and more expensive. And then the other thing that I learned is at these big meetings, there would be special interests that would go in and make presentations to try to get uh, their codes being uh, approved, meaning that then those codes would be enforced in new building. And, And an example was... Um, companies that would put in uh, sprinklers for fire prevention. And, of course, they were advocating to uh, make it mandatory that every new build uh, would have sprinklers throughout every room in every home. And I looked at how much that was going to cost, and I thought if people wanted it, that's one thing. But uh, it would make uh, homes more and more unaffordable. And so... What would happen is different municipalities would determine if they wanted to um, adopt and enforce these new codes or not. And I thought there was great freedom in that, Dave Walden. Well, I just looked at this, and and what we see is when it works for uh, decentralization, for example, what we're going to talk with Cindy David about regarding Broomfield, it's an assault on the Second Amendment. And so sometimes when uh, those that are trying to take freedom can't get it done at the state or national level, then they'll they'll start to do it at the local level. But then, actually, ideally, they would like to centralize everything. So here, uh, it says there's going to, uh, a one-size-fits-all energy code is coming to Colorado, and it looks like the legislature is going to try to, here in Colorado, make building codes uniform throughout Colorado, which that is going to make it very possibly much more expensive. Housing becomes less affordable. But yet then we, we saw this uh, Proposition 123 that was passed narrowly uh, about affordable housing. And people need to start to connect the dots, Dave, that public policy is making housing less affordable, but then government wants to come in with a solution. But instead of freedom in people owning their homes, it becomes government housing. That's a problem, Dave Walden. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, I would, I would, I would try and raise the issue to a higher level. Whenever what has happened is, and what continues to happen, is whenever you are presented with something that you are told is for your own good, for your welfare, your well-being, you you've got to look under the cover. Because what has happened, most likely, is someone has whispered into someone's ear that wouldn't it be nice if we could do X or we could do Y? 
And the problem is, is that in a free market, when we all have freedom, X's and Y's become the normal. If something is a great advantage, it occurs because people with initiative and the freedom to act on it, act on it. It's why the food food stores in our country are full. It's why the closing shops are full. It's why we have the cornucopia of goods and services that we have. And if you want those to go away, then simply listen to those who tell you that what they want to do that you won't do is for your own good. And boy, you can figure out in short order what the game is and what's in store for you. Most definitely. Well said, Dave Walden. Let's go to break. Uh, When we come back, we'll be talking with Cindy David. She's a concerned citizen up in Broomfield. Before we do that, though, uh, great sponsors of the show. And uh, Hooters Restaurants is a a great sponsor of both The Kim Munson Show and America's Veteran Stories. And they have specials, lunch lunch specials and happy hour specials every Monday through Friday. And you can find all of those at my website. And it's a great story about freedom and capitalism and free markets, how uh, we became business partners. So check that out. Uh, We're going to go to break. Dave Walden with Liberty Toastmasters is on the line. And we'll be right back with Cindy David. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. I've got on the line with me Dave Walden. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. Dave, I think you're going to be very interested to hear what Cindy David has to say, but it's great to have you on the line, David. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Kim. Okay. And Cindy David um, is on the line. I met her just recently, uh, and she brought up an, an issue that is, I think, very important happening up in Broomfield. So, Cindy David, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. So, what is happening up there in Broomfield? Well, tonight at 6 p.m. at the city council meeting, they're going to have their first reading of some new gun ordinances that they're proposing here in Broomfield. And what are those? So it, there's a, they have quite a, a grouping that they've grouped together. Um, it's everything from uh, limiting rapid-fire triggers, um, ghost guns, of course, you know, the scary ghost guns. Those are going to be banned um, or unserialized uh, weapons. The... Uh, Two parts that I'm fighting most particularly with them is raising the age to be able to purchase any firearm from 18 to 21. Currently, uh, you cannot buy a handgun until the age of 21, but you can buy a long gun, a hunting rifle type of thing. 
but they want to raise that from 18 to 21. And now, that's for a handgun, but also for a hunting rifle or just for the handgun? Well, no, it's just a hunting because right now it's illegal to per, uh, buy a uh, handgun unless you're 21 anyway. So that is already law. I believe that's federal law, uh, not state law. So they want to raise um, long long guns, they're called, or rifles, um, from the age of 18 to 21. So you can you can go get a hunting license and you can go hunting at 18, but you can't purchase in Broomfield. Um, on that one, they're just restricting purchase, not possession. Um, so instead of going to a local gun dealer here in Broomfield, you can cross the highway and go into Thornton or you can go down to Westminster, <clears throat> excuse me, and you can purchase a gun and bring it home and that's okay, but you can't buy it in Broomfield. Yeah. You know, Cindy, this is a, a much, this is a, a really big issue. And um, what we're seeing is, first of all, the Second Amendment says the right to, I don't have a right here in front of me, but to, to uh, own firearms is, uh, that Correct. should not be abridged. Uh, and we have seen a continued assault on it. And they've been hiding behind um, these, many of these tragic, um, you know, mass shootings. But t- uh, what people need to understand uh, what what stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And Correct. as we're talking about increasing the age uh, to own firearms, this is uh, perhaps just a bigger comment. But I was thinking about our conversation, what, what we talk about today. I was thinking about, say you are a, a, single, a single mom at the age of 18 or a single woman at the age of 18 or 19. And uh, you're in the city. And uh, you want to protect yourself. And you can't do that until you're 21. Under This just doesn't make any sense to me, Cindy. Uh, if you want right, to protect correct. yourself and your family, it's just unbelievable to me. Right. And so at 18, you can join the military and serve our country. You can vote. But you're not responsible enough to hold a gun. Now, again, the 21 on the handgun, I believe that is federal law. It, at a minimum, it's the color of state law. But I believe it's federal law. This long gun thing is there. There, I believe they're getting a lot of this from that Every Town USA, and the the stats they're um, saying, which I'm working today to refute. I, I have to get my ducks in a row. There is that um, 18 to 24 year olds are, or 18 to 20 year olds are four times more likely to commit uh, a crime with a long gun. Well, the this was started in. Room, uh, excuse me, Boulder, Lafayette, and Superior, based on the King Supers um, shooting that happened. Um, what was that? A year, year and a half yeah. ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, it started based on that. Well, that person, I believe, was over 21. The the horrible shooting in Colorado Springs a week ago. That person was 22. So, the point uh, many of us are trying to make in Broomfield with them is that. The laws that they're trying to pass aren't going to stop bad guys, just like you said. And the other part of the legislation that's, it's, I think their goal really is to kill all um, gun sales and right. Broomfield. Because the other part that they, they're passing is the, the famous 10 day waiting period mm-hmm. to um, prevent um, suicides or crimes of passion type of stuff. Um, they want, so they're passing that. In addition, a very onerous proof of training. So they have outlined in the ordinances that not only do you have to wait 10 days before you purchase any gun, regardless of age, 
you also have to attend um, in-person training. So it includes um, training certified from a firearm training class obtained within 10 years preceding the purchase of the firearm with the fire following required topics, firearm um, handling techniques, including but not limited to firearm function, parts of the firearm, range etiquette, loading, grip, trigger, finger control, that type of thing, firearm and ammunition safety and storage, mental health awareness, oh boy. situational awareness, oh boy. state and local laws. Yeah. Oh so boy. I mean, yeah. So all of this is going, and they're not um, excluding people with CCW permits from this. And their, their, their logic there is not all CCW training is up to what they think the training needs to be. So they want to have more extensive training um, and they believe this will prevent gun violence because of firearm storage. Well, it's already Colorado state law. Yeah. But they will tell you, but people don't know that, and so they want to force that. So why would someone purchase a gun in Broomfield and have to wait 10 days and have to go through this training when all they have to do is cross the city-county line into another um, jurisdiction and buy what they want to buy and bring it home. Right. And but see what this is. This is a this is the creep. This is the local creep Correct. to try to uh, go after about. our constitution. So Absolutely. Cindy, um, David, we I, I want to stay informed on this. Um, how can people help you out tonight? Uh, well, if they're uh, if they're going to be impacted by this, they can either send an email respectful. It's always important that we do this in a respectful manner. Right, right, right. Is send an email to the city and county of Broomfield. There, go to their website. The email's there, and protest it. The other thing they can do is they can show up in person. It's going to be a lovely, snowy evening, cold um, this evening at city council, and they can speak up. And then, and they can pay attention. More importantly, Kim, they need to pay attention to what's going on in their jurisdiction because I heard on the radio yesterday that Lakewood is also. Starting down this path. Yeah, and that's why so, these local elections are so important, Cindy David, and and we need to pay attention to them. So pay attention. Yes. Yep. So, so we need to fight this so that it doesn't become the the city the city and county creep that then covers the state and then makes it easy for the state to go past something statewide like this. Right. Absolutely. Cindy, keep us in the the loop on this, and thank you for understanding. It is everyday Americans that are standing up for this Constitution, and greatly appreciate it. So keep us in the loop. Okay, thank you. Okay. Hey, we're going to go to break. Dave Walden is on the line. He is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North. We're going to go to to break. When we come back, you will not want to miss it. We'll be talking with our fellow uh, Liberty Toastmasters on table topics, and Dave will let us know what that subject is. We'll be right back. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show. 
but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And I know producer Steve's very pleased with his summer bumper music this very snowy day. <laughs> Pretty cool. I thought, well, yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> I thought it might help people's attitudes a little bit. Uh, I love it. I love it. Hey, let's jump right in here. Dave Walden, he is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North, and uh, we've got quite a lineup, Dave Walden. So what is the subject, that uh, the suggested subject that we've given our Liberty Toastmasters, Dave? Well, the, the suggested subject is the essence of liberty is the opportunity to exercise choice. And our first uh, Toastmaster from Denver, your club, is Rick Rome. Good morning, Rick. What do you have for us this morning? Good morning, Dave and Kim. As, as I've talked to you about before, Kim, I went to a parochial school, and we had an instructor. His name was Mr. Sheehan, and he did two things in that class. The first thing he did is on a snowy day like today, he would throw the window open and remind us that cool air stimulates thought. The second thing that he would do as he would talk to us about how questioning becomes the way in which God reveals his will to us, reveals his essence. It reveals what his desire is for us in our lives. And throughout the semester, we develop this notion that God loves us and wants us to love him back. And the mechanism that we're doing that is through the freedom to choose him, the freedom to understand, and effectively the liberty to explore God's will in the world and, and the vernacular that we have as, as a country. Now, the founders, I, I really do believe, understood that. Uh, one of the things I came to realize with the Founding Fathers is that they had gone back in antiquity as far as the Greeks, the Romans, and explored all of these notions of liberty and how to promote it in a society. In fact, one of Ben Franklin's favorite sayings was, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to love him back. <laughs> and he also had, I'm with him 100% on that, and I'm also with him on what he had to say about liberty and freedom. The truth is we have a responsibility to promote these ideas of indiv individuality, individual freedom. It's part of the reason I find those masks so offensive on children, because we're stripping them, people of their identity, making them somewhat less than human. I know. But, but by promoting nonconformity, promoting individual ideas, it is bringing God's will to, to earth. And I believe that liberty is one of those gifts that he gave to us as a nation, one of those blessings that we enjoy. Wow, Rick, very thought-provoking. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Hi. Well, thank you, Rick. Um, uh, if we're ready for Marshall Dawson, our second speaker, I know Marshall well. Marshall just ran for office in District 2, and uh, he's a fellow Toastmaster up in the North uh, group that I belong to. Marshall, good morning. What do you have for us? Hey, good morning, Dave, and hello, Kim. You know, I, I think about some of the challenges of, of this topic, right, because we're very good at, at preaching to our choir, but how good are we at convincing the other side? Because I think the other side would argue that we are 100% at liberty here in America. You know, they might say, look at all the restaurants that we have. You know, I, I had a choice of chicken or beef last night. 
I'm free to drive a Chevrolet or a Ford or, or a Volkswagen. Um, I, I was free to walk my dog yesterday in the nice weather, or I could choose to go for a bike ride. But the opposite of liberty, I think, is often confused with, with not being free. However, uh, the opposite of liberty is actually manifested as, as coercion and as, as regulatory costs and, and takings. So I, I think that we kind of need to be careful of, of various thought experiments and straw men that get put up in front of us. Um, you know, like, should all building codes be eliminated? Okay, it's a great discussion. Um, and, you know, they would say, well, we're killing the planet, but we're not forcing you to drive an electric vehicle, at least not yet. But if I think about coercion, you know, it's, it's hard to believe it's barely been one year um, since the full court press that we saw for the vaccine man. Now, that really was government coercion and taking away our, our freedoms. I mean, big government people would say that, you know, I was at liberty not to get the vaccine, but yet they limited my, my choices, right? They imposed restrictions on benefits, on uh, people's ability to, to enjoy a livelihood. They'd say, well, you're free not to work, but yet we saw a, a mass exodus, uh, you know, out of, the, out of the military from pilots, nurses, doctors, and, you know, e- even engineers. The thing is that experts will never care as much about you as what you do. Wow. They will never care about your success. They will never care about your standard of living or your happiness. And no top-down approach is ever going to yield optimal results. And I'll throw in one other quick example. I, I know that we're short on time. There was um, a, a report on the European, European Union, uh, the International Economy Magazine. It's called The Biggest Loser. Take a look at that, and, and you'll see comparisons of, uh, of technology and regulations in America versus Europe and how Europe is really going to be behind the curve. There, there's really no innovation coming out of the European Union uh, because they are, you know, they are less free than, than what we are here. Yes, and it and many times it has looked like um, those there are those in um, office uh, these PBIs, politicians, bureaucratic interested parties that want to emulate what is happening in Europe. And when we see what's happening, it's like, wait a minute, uh, we were we were born on liberty. We may want to keep going on that. Marshall Dawson, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for stepping forward to run for congressional district uh, or for Congress as well. Really appreciate that. Well, thank you. It was, it was really a pleasure and an honor. Uh, and it's, the, it's great Americans stepping forward to do that. So, Dave Walden, uh, who is our next guest? Well, our next guest is uh, a member of uh, Toastmasters North, uh, my buddy, Greg Morrissey. He's our sergeant at arms. And so, Greg, what do you have for us this morning? Well, what I have for us this morning to do with liberty, I believe, looking where the U.S. has been, where the U.S. is going through right now, given liberty is earned. When you earn that liberty, it's going to be your personal liberty also is earned. And that means don't sit around waiting for the government to give you this for free or that for free or something for free. Get out and make your life to a life of liberty. Take care of yourself. Get a job. Start a business. Do what you do. Do what it takes to make the USA the nation of liberty, of liberty-minded people. If you want to make a difference in the politics, don't sit back on the t- sit back on your couch at home on the TV. Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, and some are going to, and don't do anything. No, get out and do it. 
get out and meet people. The liberty we have gives you the privilege to do that, for you to be the best you can be. It isn't going to happen overnight. There are going to be challenges. There are going to be people who are telling you wrong. You learn through that stuff, and you keep on going. And the people who started this country realized that giving people liberty, and those people took that liberty and made it to be the best that they could be so their country could be the best that that it could be. Totally agree with that, Greg. And what has happened, and that's why taxation and regulations need to be low so that people can... Uh, have the freedom, the liberty to go after their hopes and dreams. And so we've seen, don't you think, Greg, there's been this assault on, um, you know, on liberty uh, via high taxation and overreaching rules and regulations, Greg? There has been. I agree. It's almost communism coming at us. Well, and Greg, thank you. And Dave, I think that really goes to what uh, your, your quote from Barry Goldwater about uh, oh, yeah. uh, about government. So quick comment oh, yeah, on that, that, Dave, and then um, uh, you can introduce our next guest. Well, I, I'll comment as follows, uh, Kim. I was once told early in life by someone I greatly respected, and it's, all, it's just always turned out to be true. The most expensive thing you can ever likely receive is something that you are told is free. Mm-hmm. It will cost you the most, and that has turned out to be the case in my life. Well, our next guest, Kim, is uh, Terry Goon. She's again a fellow member of Toastmasters North. Terry, good morning, and I look forward to what you've got to tell us. Good morning, Dave and Kim. Good to be here. Um, <clears throat> well, you know Kim, you you said early in this program, you said that people need to learn how to connect the dots. And to me, reaping the benefits and consequences of choice is is exactly what freedom is. But you have to, because you have to be able to connect the dots, the consequences and the benefits of the choices that you make. I mean, if you look at this at a macro level, deficit spending we've been told, causes inflation. Yet we've been doing deficit spending for as long as I've been alive. I'm pushing 60. And until this year, it's never been enough to really pay attention to. I don't know if people have recognized the consequences this year of deficit spending or not. Um, But that would be a macro example. Social Security going broke. My whole life I've been told that Social Security will not be there for me when I get old, and yet it's always there, and so people don't bother to save for their own retirement because Social Security will always be there. There's, there's always a fix. There is no consequence for the way that we run our Social Security system, the big Ponzi scheme. At the micro level, um, you know, and, and again, at the macro level, we keep voting for more taxes. We keep voting for more deficit spending. When, we, when I was walking precincts, people were upset by inflation and yet they voted for Democrats. So at the micro level, as a poll watcher, I'm a poll watcher, and we just had a big discussion yesterday about adjudication in the, in the election. When you don't fill out your ballot correctly, and there is specific instructions about how to fill out those little bubbles, what kind of pen to use, how to sign it, the whole thing. When you don't do that correctly, one of the election workers decides what your intent was. 
and they fill it out for you. I don't know if you know that. I did There's not no know that. There's no consequence. There is no consequence for you not filling out your ballot correctly other than you have no idea what you voted for in the end because somebody else is doing that for you. And then, of course, the benefits has already been mentioned about. You should be able to <clears throat> reap the benefits of what you're doing. So lowering our income tax rate in this last election was excellent because we shouldn't be taxed on the amount of income we produce. That should be a benefit that you get to you get to enjoy. So those are my main thoughts. Um, I'm right. going to the Geneva Conventions, but let's <laughs> talk about that some other time. Terry, that's great. And, and that is why, and now I can't remember which amendment it is, but it was passed during Woodrow Wilson, you know, the, the, the progressive um, amendments to the Constitution, and that, was, uh, and that was taxing income. And so people that might, would work hard, maybe somebody worked 60 hours a week and somebody didn't. Uh, so 60 hours a week, made more money, maybe took more risk. And with the income tax, what we have, and particularly a progressive income tax, which is what Karl Marx advocated for, is it it dings people it 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 um, penalizes them for working hard and doing better and taking risks, Dave Walden. It certainly does, and and you know, I have also learned in my life that there is no one that I have ever met that knows better how to spend my money than me, nor they <laughs> themselves, and. The more of my money that I cannot spend because someone has decided that it would be better spent on someone else or in a different way than I would, um, that has become ever-increasing. If you remember that the income tax, when it was initially passed in 1913, was like 1%. And, of course, we've come a long way from that, even though Reagan backed it up for a big dramatic effect in the 80s, but it's resumed its ever-relentless climb upwards. Anyway, I, I let's see our next guest. You know what? I'm let's go. Sure let's she's... yeah. Let's go to break on that, uh, Dave Walden and Terry Goon. Thank you. I I always love to hear what all of our our guests have to say. But uh, I have Dave Walden on the line. He's the president of Liberty Toastmasters uh, North, and we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, nonprofit that I love is the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money for the remodel of the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. My friends, it's important that we know these stories, that we honor those that have been willing to give their lives or who have given their lives for this liberty that we're talking about right now. And so you can help them by going to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. And you can buy a brick uh, to honor your uh, your military service or your loved one's military service. It's a lovely gift, and you will receive a certificate uh, that you can give as a gift uh, for Christmas or Hanukkah. But do it now so that it gives them uh, enough time to get that processed for you. More information, usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Dave Walden. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R O O T S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your healthcare concerns. 
Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes, depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by uh, looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Dave Walden, who is the president of Liberty Toastmasters North, and you can uh, find Liberty Toastmasters by going to the Toastmasters International website and putting in Liberty Toastmasters. Liberty Toastmasters Denver meets the first and third Saturdays of each month, and Liberty North meets the second and fourth Saturdays. And And uh, Liberty Toastmasters helps us all to become better speakers and listeners and um, help us helps us to be the very best us that we can be. Dave Walden. It sure does. It builds confidence. And and when you're standing in front of a crowd and you're confident, you project an aura and an image that is the exact opposite of what happens when you are not. When you are not, you can't sell whatever it is you're trying to sell or make the case you want to make. But when you're confident, it only boosts your opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Our next uh, speaker Absolutely. is uh, uh, from Liberty Toastmasters Denver. You, you should know her well, Kim. Yes. Chris, Christy Whaley. Christy, good morning. Good morning to you both. So we're talking about consequences, eh? Consequences and benefits, Yes. Yes, I have bad news and I have good news. And I'm going to start off with the bad news first, get that out of the way. The bad news is I don't see too many consequences anymore for certain criminal behavior, especially if you're a certain class of person. We see Nancy Pelosi getting millions from insider trading in the Biden crime family. And then at the other end of the spectrum, 
I mean, they used to say, right, they used to say crime doesn't pay. I mean, that was a quaint notion. And also, if you can't do the time, don't do the crime. But that seems to have gone out the window. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have looting that goes unchecked. You have homelessness that's ever-increasing. You have murder on the subways that's at a 25-year high in New York City. Ah. So, we've, so we have all this, these things that are happening, and yet people that are simply exercising their rights. For instance, there's a woman in Portland who's having to close her business. She you know, worked hard to get her business with initiative and investing her money. She's closing the business because the looting has gotten so bad. She's been, uh, they've... Uh, vandalized and stolen from her store about 15 times in the last year and a half. So she's having to shut her doors. And the city council in Portland has decided that they're, in order to help her, the plan was to increase lighting around the store. Of course, it doesn't matter if you can see who's doing it if you don't arrest <laughs> them. And, okay. you know. True so that. Uh, I think she probably thought, to heck with it, her stronger language. And she's out of there. And... <clears throat> So I, I think everything is topsy-turvy. And yet the good news is there's an easy, well, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy. It's a simple way, but it's a hard way to change all that. Remember when Rudy Giuliani was mayor of New York City, he cleaned that city up. Uh, he was a mayor less than 30 years ago in New York City. He cleaned it up. It was in bad shape, but he cleaned it up through basically law enforcement and uh, I don't know if you'd call it tough love, but law enforcement, et cetera, you didn't reward bad behavior. For instance, a, a wonderful author named Scott Moorfield writes for townhall.com. He says in order to take care of homelessness, we've got to stop feeding the homelessness, like stop feeding the bears. Right. So we, we close the, the shelters that feed people. If you don't work, like the Bible says, you don't eat. It's, it's tough love, but that's the way it is. And it's amazing. People get hungry. They want to eat. And if they don't have a free meal coming from somewhere, they're going to figure out how to get a job so they can pay for that themselves. You know, it's not, it really isn't complicated, but it is hard to get politicians to go along with it. Right. They're worried about, you know, charges of being uncompassionate or something. So anyway... That's uh, what I have to say. Well, Christy Whaley, thank you. Uh, and um, the other part of it is, is I, I think that many of these issues, like there's a homelessness industrial complex. There's a lot of people making money off of off of that industry. Uh, Dave Walden, who's our next uh, speaker? Our next speaker is Carol Baker. Carol, good morning. Okay. Hey, Carol, welcome. Yes. So, some of these things have been floating around in my mind, and actually, it was a couple of meetings ago hearing one of our other members talk about something that just kind of clicked with me, and that is how we do our part to uh, just participate in life and the choices we make and whatever. And sometimes I think I look too close at my own life and wonder, what are the choices I should be making? And it just started making sense that in the whole big picture, there are choices we make that participate along with everybody else. And I'm trying to think of even some examples, and that is in our neighborhoods, how we choose and make choices to 
get along with other people. You know, sometimes I think we see people wanting to be so fiercely independent. Well, actually, the choices we make to get along with other people has a little bit to do with just give and take and uh, participate with neighbors. And even the cul-de-sac we live in, the guys, it seems like the guys all kind of get together and know that uh, we don't all need a ladder. We don't all need a chainsaw. (laughs) If you have... If you have a pickup truck, I have a chainsaw. The other guy has a ladder. Yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. And so, you know, you're not as independent. It's more interdependent, as I think of that word right now. But it's those are some choices we make that cause us to work, work together and and choosing to be pleasant and to be approachable and whatever is just different than trying to say I better than you, I don't need you or whatever and and then you ch- choose to watch out for each other better and it has that to do with just politics and election time but it has to do with whether it's through organized church and um, ministry or if it's just being a good neighbor or being a good family member to your next generation you know, older guys watching out for the younger guys. And it just seems like it works better that way. And then we need to make the choices we need to make on a daily basis to fit in that whole fabric of things. Carol Baker, great thoughts. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. Dave, we're just about out of time. How would you like to wrap this all up? Well, I'd like to remind everyone, as I did previously with Goldwater's comments, that the political concept of liberty flows from the moral idea of you are responsible for your choices. And though I am not a religious person, one of my favorite quotes is by a powerful religious mind. His name was C.S. Lewis. And the quote I I reference is this. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. For at some point, those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their conscience. So when you hear something that is being advocated for your own good, find out why. What, what is the moral idea that they wish to subject you to the loss of your freedom in order to achieve it? And with that, I'll, I'll say thank you very much, Terry, I mean, uh, Tim, and uh, Steve. I look forward to doing this again. And come to Toastmasters, everyone. Well, absolutely. And, Dave, before before you jump off there, uh, just uh, you coming on uh, the show, and, of course, Josh Lelement is on every other month because we um, – we rotate between the two different clubs, but just the uh, camaraderie, the growth. We don't always agree on everything, but uh, the food for thought and becoming better. I so highly recommend people uh, to 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 start to practice. You can't just all of a sudden then decide to run for office and think you're going to be an excellent communicator. It takes time and practice to make that happen, Dave. It does, and you know, and thanks to Liberty Toastmasters. I am going to that Broomfield Council meeting tonight and speak uh, at the at the meeting. And I would have not considered that prior to joining Toastmasters. 
That is super awesome. So, Dave Walden, thank you so much for making this happen. And, again, I thank each and every one of these Liberty Toastmasters, their friends, their colleagues, uh, and I greatly appreciate it. And I hope you all learn like we do. So, uh, Dave Walden, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. And our quote for the end of the show, as I said, I went to Grover Cleveland because Brad Beck, who is a co-founder of Liberty, Liberty Toastmasters North, um, well, of Liberty Toastmasters of both clubs, uh, had quoted Grover Cleveland yesterday. And I thought, I, I want to know more about him. And he said this, and he was a, a Democrat, and, and so a small government Democrat, obviously. He said, under our scheme of government, the waste of public money is a crime against the citizen. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. Stay tuned for our number two. And I I just want to, under this uh, whole um, public money, um, government waste, that can be done under both parties. So we'll be right back with our number two. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. That seems to me like government is establishing a religion. The latest in politics and world affairs. If you give people rights, women's rights, gay rights, whatever, there can't be equal rights if there's special rights. Today's current opinions and ideas. Surveys show that that people still really prefer freedom versus force. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed. Let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show, our number two. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team I work with, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Tuesday to you, Steve. As in totally terrific Tuesday. And it is. And just want to let people know, we talked a little bit about it in the first hour. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, you may have jury duty. uh, But beginning December 1, you are doing something very exciting. And uh, so producer Luke's going to step in for the month of December. uh, But uh, let people know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be bringing... um, Happiness to all kinds of children. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I've seen it. Uh, what we're referring to is uh, my being a volunteer at the Colorado Railroad Museum. And at this time of the year, we do our version of the Polar Express, which is being done all over the country. Uh, all the scenic railroads uh, usually do this because, obviously, it's it's seasonal. Uh, it's lucrative. Uh, well, I mean, let's, and let's, it's be, fun. let's be real. <laughs> and it's fun. And, uh, you know, it involves one of our steam locomotives and a, a five-car train you know, for the uh, the people to ride uh, to the North Pole. It's part of the, uh, you know, the Polar Express story. I, myself, am hoping to get some time up front uh, firing the locomotive. It's a skill I'd like to... Uh, take on and uh these older machines this particular locomotive is uh 1928 but uh, next week we're going to go to a 1899 oh, uh, locomotive and they're a little persnickety to get them to do what you want them to do but uh 
That's what I'll be doing. Oh, I think that's that's awesome. So producer Steve will be doing that through uh, December. It's very difficult to do that into the evening and then get up at oh dark thirty to make this show happen. So producer Luke will be jumping in on that and greatly appreciate it. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, let's get over here to our quote for today. I chose this because Brad Beck, who is a co-founder of Liberty Toastmasters, was in yesterday. We talked about his upcoming essay, uh, What Are You Certain Of? And that will roll out in the newsletter this weekend. But uh, he quoted Grover Cleveland, and Cleveland was a Democrat, but clearly this Democrat Party has been overtaken by radical activists that are pushing Marxist ideas. Uh, and uh, that is different from what the quotes of, of Glover, Grover Cleveland here. And Cleveland was an American lawyer and politician. He was the tw- served as the 22nd and 24th president of the United States from 1885 to 1889 and from 1893 to 1897. He's the only president in American history to serve two consecutive terms in office. Although Donald Trump is seeing if he can be the second. But um, Cleveland was born in 1837. He died in 1908. He said this, I know there is a supreme being who rules the affairs of men and whose goodness and mercy have always followed the American people. And I know he will not turn from us now if we humbly and reverently seek his powerful aid. Love that quote, Steve. Wow. It's real. And... uh I think of human nature being what it is. I mean, someone say, well, you get that old argument. Well, if God is real, why does he allow these things to happen? And, you know, totally not understanding free will. And uh, so I I just like this reassurance that that comes from this guy. You went to high school with him, didn't you? (laughs) Oh, you had to get that in before you before you went on vacation, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. so, hey, um, I want to go to this headline and then talk with Dr. Rachel Corbett. She is with Roots Medical. Great sponsor of the show. That's Roots, R-O-O-T-S, RootsMedical.net. But the Epic Times just reported that uh, new details have emerged about a teleconference convened by Dr. Anthony Fauci on February 1, 2020, when he and a small group of scientists discussed the likelihood that the COVID-19 virus had leaked from a lab. It says, while the basic outlines of the teleconference became known last year, when a batch of Fauci emails was released under the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA Act, many crucial details were redacted, imagine that, by the National Institutes of Health. Those details were made public last week because of a successful FOIA lawsuit by independent journalist James Tobias. You know, the one thing about it is ultimately the truth will come out. A little bit of light, a little bit of time, and the truth will come out, Producer Steve. You know, before you go to Dr. Rachel, let me rant. This media, this mass media that runs this country... (laughs) They either don't tell the truth, or they tell half the truth, or they suppress information altogether. But I guess Sunday night, Fauci was on 60 Minutes. They'll give a clown like him a national pulpit. I just, you just want to scream. Well, that's why uh, so many of us, independent radio is so important. Independent journalists are so important. 
And uh, we are independent, and we have great sponsors. One of those is Roots Medical. On the line with us is Dr. Rachel Corbett. And wanted to ask her about vaccines, if people have gotten the vaccines, what they can do about it. Dr. Rachel Corbett, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you, Kim. Good morning. And it's, it's I love talking to you. Dr. Corbett, it's been this this uh, COVID journey that has really uh, awakened you to what's been going on, or how important, I guess, that politics are, correct? Yeah, I mean, I was just listening to that quote. I mean, I would have, I, I'm registered as an independent until all this. Um, however, I would say that I leaned, you know, certainly left. And, um, you know, was starting to begin to question things in medicine. There were some medications like the statins where I was like, this doesn't quite make sense. And, you know, just the beginnings of questioning things and understanding that our population was becoming not healthier, but sicker, and that our our healthcare system is a sick care system, not a healthcare system. And so we're starting to, to, to question those, and, and COVID just brought everything to light uh, in a much more, I, I, I would almost say sinister. I... Uh, a big part of me felt like it was just kind of ignorance, and now I kind of look at things and, and think that this is more of a sinister thing than, than originally thought. Um, but I think what I'd really like to talk about today is what you were, you know, mentioning. Is I don't want to sound like a broken record with the, with the vaccines, but over the last two weeks, the emails that I have gotten about people who are vaccine injured and deaths and asking me, who do I call? Where do I send people? It's, it's so disturbing to me that this is going on and that that our our medical community is, is, is being blind to this. And so I kind of have two asks this morning. One of them is when you hear stories of unusual side effects or things that happen after the vaccine, I'm kind of I'm asking people to plant seeds um, to really both with the doctors and with friends and in your community. And listen, let's be clear. You know, I'm an NLP um, specialist. You cannot change anybody's mind if they don't want to be changed. However, you can plant seeds so um, that at some point they will see the gorilla in front of them. And um, I think that is, is there's, um, you know, Panda I've mentioned before, there's a lot of people who, uh, David, he's an NLP specialist, he's in the UK, he started an organization called reachingpeople.net, and he really looks at how you communicate with the other side and to be persuasive, and I really suggest that people look at that website He's done a lot of research since the beginning of the pandemic, trying to understand why people do not see the gorilla right in front of them. Um, my second ask is really put your money into organizations that are really trying to do things. I think lawsuits are one of the ways that will make a difference. I mean, clearly what we what you just were talking about, we are going to have to go around the media. Um, the media will not allow the truth to be exposed, and so we will have to find alternative measures. Um, and I really, you know, there's so many organizations that are doing such great things like React 19, and, and Panda's going to start a um, campaign as well for 
for uh, uh, asking for money because a lot of those people are behind a lot of projects. I think that um, everybody's probably seen the small video with Peter McCullough and the cardiologist from the UK. It's a great, you know, two-minute video, and all, there's about five people from Panda that are behind that that were on that team that helped produce that, as well as I think Steve Kirsch has five or six scientists from Panda that back him with all the research. So, you know, these organizations that are going to start asking for money, please, please put your 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 money behind these people. And and I also want to. I have one. I actually have a third ask. I really want people to get healthy. <laughs> like, if you want to get back at the drug companies, then get healthy. You know, they're just giving us what we are asking for. And we need to get healthy as a country. We need to take responsibility for our health. And that means eating, exercising, getting your stress down. You know, we wouldn't need these companies if we were healthy. That's an excellent point. And, uh, you know, I think we've been conditioned to look to pharma uh, to fix things when, as you mentioned, uh, taking care of yourself, um, you know, eating properly, uh, vitamins, um, you know, uh, yeah. exercise, all those things are super important. Just one other quick question, Dr. Rachel Corbett. If somebody va- has been vaccinated and they're concerned, uh, I, I guess one of the first things is, is to do everything to be as healthy as possible, yes? Yes. I mean, I think one of the things that is really important to understand with all of this, and, and this is pre-COVID as well, is that everything, every medical condition is a multifactorial. And I look at, um, you know, the vaccine. We've never had a vaccine that went to every part of the body. Every vaccine invented prior to this would just stay in your arm. This is different. It it has these, what they call um, nanolipid particles, and they go all over your body. And because they're lipid, that means they can integrate into places that anything normally wouldn't be able to cross the uh, blood-brain barrier and things like that. Everything's multifactorial. And so we're constantly, especially in the U.S., constantly bombarded with different insults, whether it be, you know, stuff in our water or, you know, different chemicals. And we are resilient, and but resilient has a, a point. And if you get past that point, that's when it's very hard for the body to maintain homeostasis. So when I look at some of, like, I have one of my best friends who was just diagnosed with cancer, and she did get the vaccine. She didn't have a choice. It was mandated. We now know that the vaccine suppresses certain um, cancer genes. And listen, was the vaccine the cause of her cancer? You know, hard to say. And I think it's multifactorial. I think she was stressed from work. I think she wasn't eating as well as she normally did for the last two years. I think, you know, she wasn't exercising like she normally did. And then you have all these culmination of things that then result in the body not being able to fight off the cancer. Well, and that's why getting to the root of people's health is so important. And what you're doing at Roots Medical, that's R-O-O-T-S, rootsmedical.net is so important. And I continue to talk to listeners that are reaching out and you're helping them. And I so greatly appreciate that, Dr. Rachel Corbett. Thank you. And thank you for all that you guys do as well. I really, really appreciate it. Well, you're great partners of the show and we love that. So we will talk to you very soon, Dr. Rachel Corbett. Thank you so much. 
You bet. Thank you. Okay. And we're going to go to break. Uh, When we come back, uh, a new organization that just came across my desk, I'm very excited about it. It's the Center for Renewing America. And uh, with all that's going on out there, I think this is so important. So we're going to go to break. We'll be talking with the executive director. That's Wade Miller. Stay tuned. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, very excited to have on the line with me Wade Miller. He is the executive director Uh, for the Center for Renewing America, which is a a relatively new organization. Wade Miller, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Tell us what you're doing. I mean, we are in quite the time here in America right now, Wade Miller. Sure. So coming out of the, towards the end of the Trump administration, Russ Boat, who was uh, President Trump's OMB director, that's Office of Management and Budget, so uh, when you hear that, I think who, who writes the president's budget, uh, who uh, administers and puts in place all of the administration's policies throughout the, the, the entirety of the federal government. That was my boss's job, and that's, that's for us to vote. And at the time, I was a chief of staff for a House Freedom Caucus member, and we all had discussions, and, and it was determined that we needed to create an entity that would take the pol- uh, America First policy correctives and create permanent institutions in, in the D.C. area to administer to and continue to build out those ideas. Uh, you know, for, it's not a new fight now, but one of the, the initial fights that we picked when we first, uh, uh, you know, started was to, to fight critical race theory. And we put out the first full uh, uh, toolkit on that, and we had early meetings with members of Congress at that point who had no idea what it even was. We had to sit down and have coffees with them and kind of walk them through the paradigm shift of, of what is the role of a member of Congress in, in, in America today. And, you know, it, look, spending is a big problem. Uh, regulations are a big problem. Taxes are, of course, always an issue. But this isn't the same old fight that we've been in, you know, with conservative versus liberals. We're now in a, in a paradigm of 
conservatives uh, and populists versus kind of a woke progressive agenda. And that's two different approaches that we need. And, and this is a much more insidious threat that we face. And so a lot of what we wanted to do is, is create an entity that would push forward paradigm shifts on how Republicans and conservatives think about these fights. And, and for instance, we're about to roll out a budget that's going to balance in 10 years. It doesn't touch Social Security. <clears throat> it doesn't touch Medicare. But it balances by going after woke and weaponized aspects of the federal government, all on the discretionary side. And that's that, if you ask most members of Congress, they will say that can't be done. Well, my boss is about to show Washington, D.C. that it can be done. And then the other important aspect of what we want to do is we want to take these paradigm shifts and scale them. So we don't want, you know, the problem is, of course, mostly D.C., but it's also local and state governments. You know, they need to be doing a lot more to assert their sovereignty in the system of ours. And so we want to scale these fights so that people can go to their local city councils and be working on the very same issues and fighting the exact same fights that scale all the way up. That way, members of Congress, even when we're, you know, not able to control what, you know, D.C. does because Democrats control the Senate, they can at least still go on Fox News and Newsmax and other uh, news programs and still be uh, talking about the same exact fights that parents are dealing with in their schools or dealing with at their work office because they've got a diversity, equity, and inclusion officer that's pushing all sorts of racist and woke material. So those are the type of paradigm shifts that we've really been pushing and we want to continue to push in, in Washington, D.C. and scale that outward. So, Wade Miller, just a quick question. You, you mentioned a CRT, a critical race theory, and uh, you have to be careful because there are parents that have gone to uh, school board meetings and said, you know, we don't want CRT here. And they're like, well, we don't have CRT here. And there's, they're, they're splitting hairs because the curriculum is there or the agenda is there, but it's just not that name. And you mentioned, um, let's see, DEL, I think. Uh, is that right? No, no, no. Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And then the other right. one is, is uh, SEL. And uh, are you familiar at all with that in, in schools? Because that's another way, that, and that's social-emotional learning. Are you familiar at all with that, Wade Miller? I am. And so we actually did a glossary of CRT-related terms, because you're 100% right. If you, if you do a FOIA or an information request of all of the materials in your school districts, it, not all, it actually does appear sometimes, but not always. And, and so you may get a goose egg on, on that and, and think, well, we've got no critical race theory. The problem is, is that critical race theory is just a practice, so it's a, it's a method of, of teaching a concept. And uh, SEL is the main vehicle in schools today for how that material is delivered. And there's all sorts of terms. We've got a glossary. It's over 60, maybe 70 terms now that we kind of update every half year and, and year now as, as new you know, terms are coined and, 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 and used. And, and you're right. So this, this uh, social-emotional learning is the vehicle for critical race theory and other critical theory, uh, whether it's gender theory, uh, uh, you know, any of these uh, far-left progressive woke agenda items are now being used. And, and here's the other problem that we're facing is that a lot of states, and then this is a good thing, have passed, at least initially, critical race theory bans, banning of the divisive concepts. Uh, but the problem is, is that in almost no instances have they actually put any teeth to these things. So, for instance, Texas has a ban on critical race theory and divisive concepts. 
but I can go into the, the school curriculum of just about any public uh, school district in Texas, and I can find critical race theory, social-emotional learning, uh, equity trainings, all anti-racism trainings, of course, which to the average listener who at this, you know, is still kind of uninitiated on what all those things mean, they sound great. I mean, who would be against, you know, uh, anti-racism? Because that's literally to oppose racism, right? Well, no, that's not what that is. And, and the left knows that, and that's why they code all of these mm-hmm. different agenda items in, in, such a, in such a way. And, you know, social-emotional learning, at one point, five or six years ago, there were aspects which were interesting. But, of course, what the left did is they completely co-opted social-emotional learning. And, by the way, there's always been some problems with social-emotional learning. But the newer iterations of social-emotional learning are even worse, and they're more weaponized. And the entirety of all of this is to take away parental authority because, you know, the left has identified that one of the main hurdles to indoctrinating entire generations of students are the political opinions of parents. So they are using this in a subversive manner to push, you know, uh, uh, all sorts of, of, of radicalized agenda items. And I think that as parents figure this out, they're getting more and more upset. I mean, we saw an initial wave of this with critical race theory. I think that as parents figure out what they're also doing with critical gender theory and all these other critical theories, it's really going to enrage more and more parents. And I think that this is also why you're seeing more and more states adopt uh, school choice options, because even though, you know, there are some, you know, downsides to that, <clears throat> the upsides are way better. And, 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 and parents are starting to want to get their kids out of these schools and have more choices so that they can control the, the uh, trajectory of their children's futures. Yes, a friend of mine, um, Kane, who is the founder of Task Force Freedom out here in northern Colorado, uh, is uh, a black conservative, and he he has really taken on this this um, agenda of CRT. And he, he said, consider getting your kids out of these government-run schools. And and wait, I want to say because we all have we all know great teachers. We have you know family members. We have friends that are our teachers. They've gotten into the profession because they want to help kids and educate kids. But what I've seen then is uh, they are being forced to be indoctrinated through uh, some of this, um, what do they call it, Um, you know, additional training or whatever. And and, and, and then those trainers, they're being paid by uh, tax dollars to indoctrinate teachers. And that's a problem as well, Wade Miller. It is. And so my dad is a public school teacher and he has been for a very long time. He retired as an aerospace engineer and he decided that retirement wasn't for him. And for the last several, almost three decades now, he's been a, a, a public school teacher. So I know firsthand, I've seen it over time, uh, what they have to encounter and the types of trainings they have to get involved in. And, you know, this is another unfair aspect. I mean, a lot of this is unfair to the teachers. Now, some of these teachers are bought into it. But a lot of them are just going along because they have no option. And so uh, social-emotional learning, again, is a great example of this. It, it, social-emotional learning heavily utilizes a lot of psychological theory on how children develop. The problem is, is that teachers are not experts in this. You know, my wife has a, a Ph.D. in cognition neuroscience. She might be qualified to administer a program like this. But, but the average, uh, uh, you know, uh, public school teacher is not. And so we are entrusting a very complex social manipulation, uh, psychological manipulation program uh, with people who are not qualified to do it, 
and it's being used for nefarious purposes. And, you know, you, you mentioned the, the black conservative in your area who's been leading the fight. You know, I, I, my, when I talk to my, uh, you know, African-American friends about critical race theory, they get outraged because the elements of critical race theory, keep this in mind, they teach the students that ideas like work ethic and, uh, you know, things like that are upholding systems of white supremacy. So literally their children are being told that if they work hard and actually do well in school, that, that they're upholding white supremacy. So, so these are the mixed yes, messages um, that, the, that the left has not figured out yet, uh, you know, that they keep running into. And, and we need to capitalize on, on these mistakes the left are making mm-hmm. and wake parents up to what is going on and what they're trying to do to your, to your students and to your children. Every parent wants their child to succeed, and uh, so it's important that, that we we realize this. And I just want to make one quick comment before we go to break, uh, Wade Miller, and this, like, meanwhile, back at the ranch, our kids are not learning how to read and write and do arithmetic. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, if you know, if you have those tools... Those are very foundational to success in life, and then you have pretty good social-emotional learning if you uh, have those um, those skills. So I'm going to leave that there, Wade. When we come back, I'd like to have your comment on that. I'm talking with Wade Miller. He's the ex- executive director for the Center for Renewing America. Uh, gives us a lot of hope, uh, organizations out there that are doing this. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. What you feed your skin matters. Botanical Rush is clean, professional skincare that only uses pure ingredients to restore and protect the skin. Your skin absorbs the products you put on it, so when you're using something every day, you better know what the ingredients are. Botanical Rush professional formulas are not just pure and potent, they are affordable. With regular use, these beautiful botanical formulas support collagen production, skin's precious moisture barrier, and reduce hyperpigmentation. Myra Mesco, the founder of Botanical Rush, holds every Every ingredient accountable to meet or exceed her high standards. Botanical Rush is non-toxic skincare, free of chemicals, estrogen mimickers, or artificial fragrances that hinder the skin's radiance. Discuss your skincare needs with Myra and set up a consultation at klzradio.com beauty or email info at botanicalrush.com and use the exclusive Kim Monson discount code KIM15 for your first order for a 15% discount at checkout. That's botanicalrush.com code KIM15. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Thrilled to have on the line with me Wade Miller. He is the exec- executive director for the Center for Renewing America. And Wade, before we went to break, we were talking about 
these uh, iterations of uh, critical race theory, basically teaching, dividing kids and saying some are, are oppressors, some are victims, doesn't bode well for any of them. It doesn't honor the great individual preciousness of each child. It instead puts them into these groups. But it uses precious uh, resources and uh, teaching time uh, focused on that instead of our kids learning how to read and write and do arithmetic and critical thinking and science and history and civics and all that. What's your thoughts on that, Nate Miller? You're right. We're seeing it in the data. Of course, the COVID lockdowns exacerbated it, and, and you know, an entire generation of children are now set back an entire year or two on their education trajectory. And it's, it's getting to the point where, you know, reliably most public schools in some shape uh, or form are just woke indoctrination centers. There's no longer a prioritization of actual basic skills. And, and the problem is, is that the colleges are fine with this. So there's a pipeline of wokeness from K-12. You go to college, as long as you stay and exhibit the right type of woke attitude, you'll do well. And so you've got wokeness and, and, and you know, all of your college experience and, and, and postgraduate if you go that far as well. And then if you go into uh, private uh, industry or government, you're getting HR departments in corporate America that are pushing this nonsense on you. You're getting the government, which is buying into it and putting on all this and then subsidizing these trainings all over the country. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're right. I mean, it's getting to the point now where if I get an Ivy League resume, it goes to the bottom of the pile because I know what that person has been indoctrinated into. And I'd rather have someone who went to a community college and actually went and took a U.S. history courses and took English classes and wasn't just primarily focused on all of these woke agenda items, because I'll get a better work product out of a community college graduate, or frankly, a high school graduate these days, than I will out of a a Yale uh, graduate or a Harvard graduate. I just know the type of work product. I've seen what what comes out of it. And they can sit there and spout off all of this nonsensical leftist jargon, but they can't actually produce anything or work. and, 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 And certainly... If you've gone through all of those things and you've remained a constitutional conservative, that's a rarity. Well, it is. And and then Joe Biden wants all of us out here working to pay for those educations as well. If these uh, kids have taken on a lot of uh, student debt, which is is uh, quite frustrating. I uh, Wade um, producer Steve and I just recently I you know all everybody and and I I I fell into this as well, you know, it has the bumper sticker on the back of their car, my child goes to so and so and I said we should probably change it to my child is being indoctrinated at no- Notre Dame or my child is being indoctrinated at Yale and uh, Steve then added on he said and we're all paying for it. But anyway, um uh, your thoughts on that? You're right. I mean, it's not, it's, and every institution in America in which Americans used to be able to take pride in, it's now like awkward and irritating. Like, for instance, I'm a, 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 a Marine combat veteran, and I don't even like to promote uh, the Marine Corps because of all of the woke nonsense that they're now pushing. And, and I never thought that I would be in a position to not be proud of the Marine Corps. You know, but this goes into every every facet. Like, I'm not even rooting for Team USA against Iran, and Iran is an oppressive regime in the World Cup because Team USA is just a woke, nonsensical entity now that happens to have two soccer teams. And and and, and I never thought that that kind of a thing would happen to me in America. 
but it's with schools, it's with uh, uh, sports teams. People just can't be proud because the left has to ruin everything by forcing a woke agenda down our throats. And I think that increasingly, Americans are waking up to this. We're certainly seeing massive shifts in Hispanic communities to republic uh, to become Republican voters because the left is trying to tell them that Latinx is what they are, and they're looking at them and they're saying, what the heck is Latinx? And, yes. and it, it just doesn't jive with their sensibilities or the sensibilities of rational Americans. I think most people are waking up and, 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 and they're, they know that this is wrong, but I think that we're still in a position in America where most people are, are in a precarious position about voicing that. They're worried about their job. They're worried about mm-hmm. being canceled. They're worried about losing customers. Uh, they're worried about family members cutting them off, not talking, you know, disowning them. And I think that, you know, I understand that. I, you know, it's easy for me to say, stand up and start speaking your mind on these things because I'm not going to lose my job. If anything, you know, my boss will give me a high five and say, good job. But other Americans have, you know, other concerns, but that's what it's going to take. It's going to start taking people to stand up and saying, the emperor has no clothes on. Uh, and, and it's okay to say that. I mean, I never thought in America it would be considered hateful to say that child gender modification is a bad thing. But now if you say that, that's a bigoted position, according to the left, and you'll be labeled as a hate speech. Right. And honestly, and they have been so effective regarding this battle of language. And I'm going to have a professor from York College or York University on on Thursday, uh, who's an expert in rhetoric, uh, and to talk about this battle of language that's been going on. But but they call it gender modification. It is child mutilation. I mean, we need to call it what it is. And um, I think people are are starting to wake up and I, I feel that the the uh, those on this really radical left agenda are trying to double down on this but people are waking up and your your organization Center for Renewing America I mean there's there's got to be a hunger for what you guys are doing there is and you know the, the space that we want to fill here is we want to lend legitimacy so we don't buy into just any claim out there because we want to make sure that our batting average is very high, that our accuracy rate, when we say something, people are never left in a situation where, you know, they were led astray and given bad information. So when, when people go out there and they want to fight these culture fights and, and start, uh, we want to bring receipts, we want to write serious uh, uh, information on it, and then we will start independently sitting down with members of Congress, educate them on these issues, get them to go out on Fox News and Newsmax and do radio shows like your show and start talking about these issues so that they can become mainstream. Because, look, three years ago, people were worried about child gender modification. They were called crazy and and that it's not really a problem. And look where we are. The same claim was made about critical race theory two or three years ago. The Trump administration actually banned it in the federal government. A lot of people forget that. They were the first to kind of act on this. And people didn't really notice it at the time because most people still didn't know what critical race theory was. It wasn't until the the Trump administration ended right around that time that the general public started to figure out what it was and they became activated on the issue. But but, but this is what we want to do. We want to propel these ideas, point out to America what's going on, and then wake up Republicans and conservatives in Congress so that they understand that their job isn't to go in and tinker around on the, on the budgetary aspects of some obscure program. Their job is to defend America, and they need to start acting like it, like it, and they need to start voting like it. 
and they need to stop. You know, the old tagline that I often hear is, you know, I'm a fiscal conservative, but a a, a social liberal. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's for Republicans who don't want to weigh in on marriage or abortion. The problem is, is that social issues is now way broader than what it used to. It now encompasses all of culture and all of the fights we've been talking about here. So it's, it's no longer acceptable. I mean, it never was to me, but it should be no longer acceptable to any American that considers themselves to the right of center in our political system to accept that, well, they're just going to go and focus on fiscal issues. Because I'll tell you what, if we focus on fiscal issues in America, the, the Republican Party does, uh, we can balance the budget in 10 years, but in 10 years, the culture will be completely lost to the woke progressive right. left. And it won't matter if we have a, a balanced budget at that point. Right, right. And that's uh, so a couple of things, Wade Miller, and uh, your schedule works that you can stay on through our call in time, which is the last segment, 303 477. 5600 303 Wade, I'm not sure if you watch Colorado, but uh, we've got uh, we've got um, trouble out here in River City, and it's you know, to take from the Music Man, uh, and the Colorado GOP tomorrow there's going to be a um, Protect Colorado. Uh, project that's going to be meeting in front of the uh, Colorado State GOP headquarters to request a change. Uh, the results in Colorado have been dismal from the Republican Party, and the the operatives that have been running the, the party have been exactly what you've just mentioned, and that is, is, well, supposedly a fiscally conservative. However, as I've really looked at that, I don't think that's the case but socially uh, liberal, and uh, that's probably the case. But Colorado, the results have been dismal, and it looks solidly blue right now. One of the reasons is, though, is is we have opportunity for significant um, election manipulation here in Colorado with mail-in ballots, extended voting times, uh, ballot uh, drop boxes, uh, uh, legal harvesting of votes, dirty and bloated voter rolls, all of that uh, bodes for disaster, and we've not had a state GOP that has uh, advocated that we get this stuff cleaned up. Before we go to break, I know that's a lot. Do you want to comment on that, Wade? Yeah, this is a problem in almost every single state GOP uh, uh, apparatus. So every institution and political institution right of center has basically been built up to support a Reagan-era policy agenda. And Reagan was great for his uh, uh, time and what he had to go uh, go after and fight and, and the fight that was before him in the 1980s. But it no longer applies. We're now in a different era. It's no longer conservatives, conservatives versus liberals. It's now right of center versus the woke progressive left. It's a totally different policy corrective. And the, the G- most GOP apparatuses throughout the country have no idea what time it is in America. And they're fighting a fight that doesn't exist anymore. And they've got to wake up. And if they don't wake up, they've got to be replaced. They've across the board replacement. Well, and so what I've seen is that uh, these operatives would much rather fight with the grassroots, these everyday people that are waking up saying, what's going on with my state? What's going on with my country? They'd rather take them out than fight this radical activist Democrat 
agenda that is out there, and that is why there's going to be the Save Colorado Project tomorrow at noon in front of the GOP headquarters. Uh, and I think uh, I think that's very important. Um, and yeah, we're in a different time. America is um, is in a very difficult time. Uh, this is a fascinating conversation, Wade Miller. You're going to stay on through the break, and you mentioned that you are a Marine, and uh, I have another show, and that is America's Veteran Stories. I went to Normandy in 2016 with a group that accompanied four D-Day veterans uh, back for the anniversary of the D-Day landings, returned stateside realizing that we need to, to hear these stories. And so I've interviewed oh, probably over 200 World War II veterans, Korea uh, veterans, veterans from all of our wars, Vietnam. But uh, in doing this, I have met Paula Sarles, who is a, a Marine veteran, and she and her team are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax out here in Colorado. And it is so important that we help them do that because it's so important to honor those that have given their lives, been willing to give their lives for, for this great American idea. You can help them by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We'll be right back with Wade Miller. We want to hear from you, 303-477-5600. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Every family needs a healthcare team that has your child's best interest as the priority, and Roots Medical is proud to offer exactly that. At Roots Medical, we strive to empower and educate both parent and child about the importance of gut health, how to implement healthy changes in the home, and of course, all of the benefits that come with a fully optimized immune system. Same day and sickness appointments are available and easy to schedule. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. That's R-O-O-T-S medical.net. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. The ability to protect and defend yourself is your right. Having the knowledge and skills to protect yourself the correct and safe way is essential. At Franktown Firearms, they will equip you with both the tools and the skills. The team at Franktown wants you to learn how to build your confidence and improve your skills with the help of their trained experts. They will take the time to make sure you choose the right gun for you and teach you the necessary skills to carry it safely and securely. This holiday season, consider giving your loved one a firearm training course at Franktown Firearms. They offer one-on-one training or group classes, depending on your comfort level and skill. You will find they are fully stocked with guns and ammunition at or below MSRP. You can be assured that you are providing a gift that will truly keep on giving and let your loved ones exercise their freedoms and rights safely and confidently. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown today to give the gift of freedom. That's klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. On the line with me is Wade Miller. He is the executive director for the Center for Renewing America. Uh, Wade, you said that your boss uh, was um, in the Trump administration with the Office of Budgeting, correct? Did I hear that correctly? Yes, Office of Management and Budget. Okay. This uh, deficit spending, this out-of-control spending, this huge debt is uh, one of the things that I feel could take us under. Um, Now, with President uh, Trump, uh, all of these presidents have had this spending. And I had hoped that he would get that under control. Um, but as I had looked at it, I, I, you know, the economy was really humming right before this whole COVID thing happened. Uh, his, Hispanic uh, unemployment was at, at record lows. Uh, unemployment for women was at record lows. Black unemployment was record lows. People were thriving and prospering. They had more real money in their pockets. And um, I, I feel that he thought if he could really get this humming, have more people working, you know, increase the economy, that if if he was reelected, he could uh, then address all of this spending. Um, what do you think about that? Well, you're, you're 100% right, and that's my read on him, too. Uh, so just for context, you know, uh, the Office of Management and Budget, of course, put together pretty good budgets that Congress wholly rejected them and, and you know Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell were you know not willing to work with the president on this stuff uh, on getting uh, spending under control so he's up against some, some hurdles but the other part of this is is that uh, you know the administrative state the deep state you know as, as we call it, it it's a real thing it's not this nefarious conspiracy theory I mean if you if you figure out you know if you understand that most of the federal agencies for the federal government are housed in and around Washington, D.C., and the people, the civilian people that, uh, you know, apply for these jobs are from Baltimore and Northern Virginia, where, which are very blue and very liberal areas. You basically have tens of thousands of people who are extremely liberal working throughout the federal government, and they can do a lot to slow things down. And one of the tasks that the Trump administration had was, because also remember that Usually when a Republican administration comes into power, they can tap into previous administrations. Well, the previous Republican administrations, you know, George Bush, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bush Sr., uh, you know, the ones that we would, would have been able to tap into, they had no interest in assisting. And so people that were, you know, tapped to help President Trump and his administration, a lot of them were starting from scratch, and they did not have any help from the federal government. And so they did a lot, and, and, and the Trump administration was just figuring out how to operationalize these federal agencies, mm-hmm. and then they, they were done with their term. And, and so you're right. Had they gone gotten a second term, I think we would have seen a lot more get accomplished. Well, and uh, when he got into office, I, re- I refreshed my memory, but I was thinking we had control of both the Senate and the House. Is that Am I remembering that correctly? 
I believe that was the case until 2018. Yeah. 2018 is when Democrats took over yeah. the, the House. So there was an opportunity, and and I think Trump, a businessman, I think he took took a looked at the lay of the land. He said, these people have been here. I want to work with them. And so the first couple of years, I think he was trying to work with, I mean, he had Mitch McConnell's wife as, as um, Secretary of Transportation, and I don't think that the, and I call them PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties. I don't think they took him serious. I think they thought, oh, this this guy's not going to get anything done. And so they didn't help. They didn't do any immigration reform. They didn't do any of the things that they said that conservatives, Republicans would do. Mitch McConnell's been in office, I think, 38 years. The country's, you know, our freedoms have been curtailed significantly over these last 38 years, uh, Wade Miller, and and yet he still, McConnell still was elected to leadership. Um, This is a problem. It is a problem, and I'm in meetings every week with, you know, people who represent, you know, uh, leadership, and the point I've made to them is like, look, there's a, you know, a bill right now that's being voted on in, in the Senate to basically undermine the entire institution of marriage. It has significant religious liberties problems, and 12 Republican senators have voted for it. You know, for as much as I hear about, you know, the establishment talking about one of the reasons the election didn't go well is because of candidate quality, and that's, of course, pointed at right as, you know, uh, uh, you know significantly conservative right. America first candidates. Uh, the problem, you know, we have a big problem with candidate quality, but it's in the United States Senate already. And, you know, these these are... 12 senators who will vote with the left on, on a dime if they think it's in their best interest. And frankly, half of them probably aren't really even Republicans to begin with, and they never were. And, and leadership knows this. Uh, their entire uh, uh, you know calculus here is not who they can get in there to help push legislation to save America, but who they can get into the Senate and into the House to ensure that they control each branch and stay in leadership. That, that's that's a huge problem for America when they have Republican Party leadership that's out there actively working just to maintain their own power, and they really don't have any interest in getting anything done. I mean, if you look at Kevin McCarthy a few weeks ago even, he wasn't really signaling that they, to, to count on anything getting done. They said they were going to tackle you know, Social Security and Medicare reform. Well, let me tell you, there's zero appetite in Congress to tackle those things right, right now, politically, policy-wise. So basically what he was saying is we're not going to get anything done. Now, all of a sudden, because his speakership is in question, he's trying to promise the moon. I mean, that's exactly what's wrong with Washington, D.C., and why we need more people to break out of this bubble uh, of of just, uh, you know, automatic, uh, uh, you know, automatic a loyalty to whoever happens to be wearing the crown within the Republican Party apparatus. And that's at the local level, the state level, and the federal level. Absolutely. So uh, quickly, Wade Miller, how can people get more information about the Center for Renewing America? Sure. So you can uh, find Russ Boat, V-O-U-G-H-T, uh, on Twitter and other social media, uh, I think Gitter, uh, uh, True Social, and then AmericaRenewing.com. That's AmericaRenewing.com. Well, fantastic. I greatly appreciate it in a a super conversation. And uh, I take a lot of heart with what you're doing. And everyday people are going to be calling for uh, to protect Colorado as well. And so that will happen tomorrow, Wednesday noon in front of the GOP headquarters in Greenwood Village. So Wade Miller, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
And our quote for the end of the show is from Grover Cleveland. And uh, he said this. He said, under our scheme of government, the waste of public money is a crime against the citizen. And I could not agree with him more. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America.